You're listening to the Rad Podcast. Explore wealth. Different model, a different way, different way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Parts of the country, twenty four seven, seven days a week. I was just done with the gurus. If somebody gives me thirty to fifty thousand dollars, that should be a lifetime relationship for Podcast Nation. Because if you give me that kind of money, I have an obligation, in my opinion, a responsibility to see you. All right. So I wanted to do this panel because I really want you guys to be able to ask questions and get the experience before we finish up. I know you guys are filling out forms. I know people are in and out, but if nothing else, I want this recorded and I want you to be able to see it because it's just so valuable. You know, every inner circle up here has been with us um, for quite some time and, and some have been more active. Some have been less active in what I would call the community, but all of them have been extremely active investors. All of them have been a part of this and they've all done it in their own way in their own fashion and so I'm gonna start at the end here with Bob and I'm gonna have him go first (laughs) and you know just tell everybody anything you want to tell them about you know there's a a lot of new members in here in the room and anything that can help them any guidance you can give them as a inner circle member you know would be great and I'm just gonna hand you the mic and let you go 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 (laughs) hello everyone uh, me and Christine are having a great time here. Uh, we've been with Dutch for four years. It's been all good experience. Uh, we had some personal loans, with, or he's had some uh, hard loans. Those worked out good. And we had a couple of uh, properties. And those are working out good too. Now we did have a property uh, because of COVID and we bought into a rental property and we got the monthly payments for a while then covid came around and then the lady moved out whatever happened then we didn't get our monthly payments for quite a while and we're just getting them back now so we just got a renter in there so why i'm telling you this is like what dutch says nothing is perfect but if you just, you know, just take it easy and wait it out and things will work out. And if, it, you know, if you wait too long, if the things don't work out, Dutch will buy that property back. And, you know, there's no way you can lose. How could you not do this? You know, it's re- I want all my friends to be in this. I can't talk them into it. They think, you know, it's, a, it's another uh, goofy thing or something, you know. So I'm still trying to get other people in. And it's just a wonderful experience, and we're having a lot of fun. There's two things I think he said there that are really important. One is, and we haven't really talked about this, and maybe this is really good. So during these COVID times, rental assistance is a big deal. And so we work really closely with renters and rental programs. And so sometimes we might get six months of rent or even a full year's worth of rent all in one check. And so that's something sometimes with rental properties we've been able to do. We have done just over, you know, over 85% of all rents collected. And we were only doing, you know, just over 90 before COVID. We'd be between 90 and 95. And so, but you might get, you might get lump sum checks sometimes with, with sometimes with rentals, different things. Um, The nice part is, you know, we've always carried the mortgages and, you know, not ask people to, to, to come out of pocket with mortgages when we're managing and running the properties. And it's worked out really, really well for us. So I don't know that that could always be the case. You know, the world is, is interesting. But Bob, pass the mic to your right. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. Good. Well, we, he got his right right, so that's good. 
<laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm Eric, obviously, and um, I think about going back to the first time that I met you, Dutch, and Amy, and you know, in, in California five years ago for an event, uh, and I think what goes back to my mind is um, trust, and I didn't trust you guys in the beginning because I had a bad experience with other real estate companies, and um, when you start learning about a company and you can do a bunch of research and you can look online and you know there's there's this point where you just you don't really have the trust built yet but there has to be a point where you kind of have to jump and put yourself out there a little bit which obviously if you're in inner circle you've done that um, same thing with investment that first deal or whatever there's there's that trust and you put all this money and you haven't really built anything yet but we've you know we all put out a bunch of money in the beginning without really knowing, you know, what's going to come of this. Is this real? Is this a scam? Is this, you know, who are these people? Are they going to run off with it? Um, you know, are they actually doing real estate? So in the beginning, you kind of have to start building that up. But after transaction, after transaction, after writing a check, getting a check back, cash cashing the check, it didn't bounce. Okay, good. You know, <laughs> right? And, and you start building that over time, and then you start getting to know people, you start getting to know their families, their values. And um, one, one of the best things that happened is the first JV deal that we went into together went wrong, right? It went bad, it didn't, it didn't work out. And I think that's where you can see a person's true character, is when things are going right, people can do right things, but when something goes wrong, what do they do? Do they have your back? Do you have their back? You know. And, and you guys stepped up in a big way uh, on a deal that, that didn't go well, right? And you bought, a, you bought me out, I made a profit on a deal that was taking a loss. And, and you guys stepped up in a way that, that's unbelievable. And that trust factor now over all these years is, you know, is through the roof. And I know that in the beginning, you know, there's some trepidation as it were but uh, over the years, that trust is going to build, and uh, and it'll be solid, and uh, you know, you you'll be glad. You'll be glad over the years. One question I have for you, Eric, and this is really good because I just heard Bob say, you know, where he struggles with referring, right, mm -hmm. and people understanding. So, but you've actually had a lot of success with referring people, and some of the other panel members have too. So maybe a piece of advice for when you're referring us or how you do it or how you expose people before you take them because I know that's one of the things you and I talked about was exposure before you actually really start referring people it's just kind of making people aware of what you're doing or what's going on and not really worrying about whether they they're actually gonna like take it as a referral or not they're just being aware I don't know. yeah um, I think the first thing is you've you've got to be a leader right and you've got to go out there and do it first and you have to test it first and you have to show that it's going to work first right so once you've gone into the deep end and you've gone through these transactions and stuff but you have to be telling people along the way right so as you do things you're posting on social media or you're telling your friends and and you're like hey I'm doing this thing and they're they kind of they hear about it right and they're like oh how's that thing going what are you what are you doing and they see the process they see how long you've been in it and then once you've kind of led then you can open up this opportunity to them, but um, I, I think you should never tell somebody to do something, right? You just say, oh, hey, they've opened this up if you have an interest and in I it. And I think when you tell somebody to do something, it actually, like, people have barriers and walls, right? And, and they have 
smaller barriers and they have thicker barriers and they have, you know, thinner barriers. And I think the moment you say, tell someone, you've got to have, you have one of two choices at that point. Either the barrier is going to go up or you have to tell them so strongly that you actually break through that wall. And that's not, that's really not easy, not easy to do. And you have to have, would have to have crazy deep trust with them to be able to break through a wall, a wall with them. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think just kind of throwing it out there and when people, when people are interested, they're going to let you know. And so if you're like, and especially if you're excited about it, because they want that part of that excitement, they want to, to enjoy those feelings and whatnot. So I think just throwing it out there, not being forceful, not telling anybody, just kind of putting it out there, letting them kind of come to you. And when they start kind of asking you questions, oh, you, you did what, how, how much does it cost to get in that? Then you can kind of start going from there. But I think it's kind of a, a soft sell, if you will. Go ahead, Kevin. You want to clap for him? We can clap for him. Clap for clap Eric, for everybody. It's all right. See, see, now you didn't have to follow me. I'm following you. It's good. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Turnabout's fair play. Yeah. So let me digress with a short, short story for a minute. I was in my late 20s. I was living in Massachusetts for a short time. Went to visit my brother in uh, Sacramento. We drive down the Pacific Coast Highway to go to L.A. to visit family. We're you know, going along the highway like by the water. All these like car commercials are filmed there. And I see all these convertibles. I'm like, I love this. Look at these convertibles, they're living the lifestyle, the California lifestyle that you see in the movies. I fly back to Boston, I make up my mind, I want to buy a convertible. So I rent a Chrysler Sebring, you guys remember those? A Sebring convertible, drive it back to New Jersey where I'm from for the weekend, I hung up with some friends, I'm like, this is kind of cool. And a friend of mine says, Kevin, if you really want a convertible, let me show you something. He takes me with him to his favorite BMW dealership, where his mother had bought several, she was a doctor. The guy says, Kevin, just take the keys to this convertible in the showroom, Come back at the end of the day. It's like four or five hours we came back. Now, of course, the BMW convertible was more than the Chrysler Sebring, a lot more. But which one do you think I bought? Right? I bought the BMW. I did. So here's the reason why I tell the story. When you desire something, you figure out how to get it done, right? You'll figure it out. So for me, I was working retail for 20 years. Not not because that was my chosen profession. It's what I fell into. I stuck with it. I wanted to be a father. I wanted to be with my kids. I was sitting here in Madison Avenue the week of Christmas, working till 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, every night, working weekends, working holidays. The guy who would get up at 5 a.m. because the store is going to open up on Thanksgiving Day. My why was to be a family man. My why was to be with my kids. I'm like, I can't do this retail stuff for life. It's going to kill me. I was already beating everyone's numbers. I beat Paris. I could have gone to Dubai. I could have done all these things. And I said, I got to figure out a way out of this. And for me, it was real estate. Now, I looked at a whole bunch of different real estate companies. I joined membership programs. I paid mentorship. To, I paid 28000 to one program. I paid 8000 to another. Tried to do it on my own. It didn't work. Well, maybe I didn't do the work, right? But I was not successful in doing those other things. But my why was still there. Why did I do it? What was the emotion driving the reason behind trying to make money in real estate. So I remember going on this trip in uh, Philadelphia, and I, I was expecting to meet Dory, because I thought Dory was going to be there. But you know, they, they sent all these properties to analyze. I'm analyzing everything. I, I knew a little bit to be dangerous. Go down there. I'm like, I want to look at these 50 properties with the intention of going to the auction and bidding on it. And I'm like, what am I going to do next? Am I going to hire a rehab crew? Am I going to manage it from New Jersey two hours away? And I got the chance to go through the whole process with Dutch and Dory. And over that weekend, I, I saw the system of how the system works. I'm like, okay, I get it. They buy the deep discounts. They rehab it. They either rent it or sell it. 
The numbers work. That was not an issue for me. You know, pulling things on the title, that wasn't an issue for me. But I want to know the people behind the company. And back then, I don't even think if I, like, I might have talked to Amy on the phone, and I didn't know if Amy was like a secretary in some office. I didn't know who Kenny was. I didn't really know who Dutch or Dory were. But after three or four days, I knew who they were. And I talked about this earlier. It was the character of the people behind the business. That did it for me. And I said, okay, I'm gonna figure out a why, just like the convertible, right? I want this, I'll figure out a way to make it work. And I remember texting Dory like three days later, going, hey, guess who just joined the inner circle? He's like, wow, that's great. Guess what, I didn't have the money back then. I found out a way to make it work. I pulled money out of retirement accounts, I did something to a self-directed IRA, I transferred money around, I made it work. And I didn't have money to do deals yet. I wasn't very active in the beginning. This was 2018. But the desire was still there. You figure out a way to make it work, right? If that's something you really want, you figure out a way. And so for those of you who met me last year, I've been incredibly active since then, right? Even since, uh, even since January 2021, since the American Survival Project. Every time I make money, I throw it into a vehicle that allows me to invest. Now, I'm fortunate to be in a job where I make a decent living, but I live cheaply so I can put money into vehicles to invest. I just got my year-end bonus. Guess what I did? First thing was I told my payroll department, I want you to completely fully fund my 401k, like, which for me is 26,000 because I just turned 50, with the intention of as soon as it goes into the 401k, I can pull it out to myself directed and invest in another deal. That's what's important to me. This is my retirement. And so, you know, I've met a lot of you. When you're investing as a team and you all have similar goals, sky's the limit. So this is like the journey that I've been on for the last five years or four and a half years. And really it's because I've, I'm meeting you Dutch. That's what really did it, you and, you and Dory. Very cool. I, I think, you know, Kevin's in one of the, a great example of where, you know, a, I have an inner circle comes in and they have a, you know, a lot of money, right? And they're, they're ready to invest in this and this and this and this, right? And different things. And Kevin was in a position where he had grinded, he had lost, he had grinded, he had gone through it and different things and he joined the inner circle. And I'm very, I'm actually always very skeptical, right? If anyone who joins, when they join inner circle and I know they don't have money to get into those first deals because everybody knows what's my first most important priority as an inner circle member complete deal one and so you know for me but it was also his integrity and his character and his passion to push forward that I said okay we're gonna we're gonna do this one a little bit different we're gonna be it's a little bit different of an exemption and then now you know he's as active as any inner circle member and, and he's participating in but he figured out the way you know th through the journey and, and so you know it, it's just a real testament testament to him and his story with that and then you know Chrissy you're a whole different animal <laughs> I love that. I like animals. <laughs> okay, so my story, uh, I've kind of been on the sidelines of real estate. I've worked in offices, uh, mortgage companies, things like that. And even back in the 70s, I remember taking a real estate course, trying to learn more about investing and, and whatnot. I've raised three daughters pretty much by myself and uh, did a damn good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways. Uh, but I never got the, through that first step, you know, never got through that first step. And these people, these people have become a tribe. There's no judgment here. We've all been there for the first deal and made our stumbles, made our, you know, our questions to ourselves in the middle of the night. You know, what's going to happen if this or that? Um, 
We all have, we've all been there. And so, like I said, this is no judgment. We understand, um, and we all come alongside each other. We cheer for your first, you know, job, your first purchase, and we want to see everybody succeed. And we're here to just cheer you on and let you know we've been there. <laughs> so, and hopefully everybody is very successful. That's our goal. We all have the same mindset in, in mind, and um, we take our cues from the leadership. And so we follow along. You know, my former business partner, Randall, one of the you know founders of what we did, one time he said to me, you know, we were complaining about staff. We were complaining about some t team different things. And one of the things he said to me that was pretty inspirational, he said, well, he said, well, our team is a reflection of us. You know, a reflection of us as leaders, a reflection of our, how we do things. And it's one of those, you know, great quotes that I, that I took from him from a leadership standpoint. It's like, like everything we do, you guys are a reflection of us. We're a reflection of you. Our team is a reflection of us. We're a reflection of them. And so I, I really like, like, when, when you say that, because it's something that I, you know, if I, I guess if I wrote down my top 10 leadership principles, I, I, that would have to be one of them is knowing we're a reflection of, of what we're trying to lead. So it's pretty cool. Go Robin, go. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Rad Podcast. Robin, go. Uh, geez, uh, ditto on all of this. Um, don't really have to go there. We sat in, we called you and came in and sat down with Dutch. This is all over your social media stuff already. I've had people come up and say, oh, I've seen your video. Um, but the real deal is Dutch, and, and he was the first one that we met. I didn't meet Amy and, and anybody else really until later on. But what I loved about him, being a contractor myself, self-employed pretty much my whole year, didn't, or my whole life, didn't really have too many, you know, nine to five jobs and whatnot. I understand elbow grease. I understand you have, you have to put out in order to get. And you don't get that with a lot of, like you said, you know, you spend a lot of money on, you know, going places and education and so on and so forth. And, you know, to them, it's just like, this is so simple. I remember Dutch saying <coughs> straight out, you have to put in the work. You have to put in the elbow grease. You know, when we started again, it was, you know, four or five years ago. And if there's anything that I can say to you guys is that, you're, you're in such a great, safe place. And to me, that's important. A lot of us, when we started, you didn't, you didn't have the history that you guys are seeing now. This company has grown so much just in the last few years. And so for me, being in this for four years, I'm totally excited because, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this growth. But for you guys, please know that when we started, the numbers were not all there. You know, they were a lot smaller. And so we had to put our trust in and everything. Um, again, you guys are in a real safe place. And, and the integrity of this company, I've had a couple of deals. One didn't go anywhere at all. Dutch made that 100% great and perfect um, allowed me to then move into uh, other aspects of the company to to invest 
um, we're in a JV that, because of COVID, you know, just got put on hold for a long, long time. And, you know, I do understand construction. I understand, you know, it doesn't always go A, B, C, and D like you wish it would. It's always A, D, you know, F, Z, B, you know. So you, ha you have to be flexible. You have to be open. Uh, you need to be, to be able to just go with the ride, but know that these guys will make it right for you. If you want to get out, if you want to stay in, whatever the situation may be, um, they'll make it right. You guys are in a great, safe place. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let, let me tell you about the first deal that we did, which really set it apart for Robin and I. We also believe in our children being involved in this as much as possible. And we've got all of them, almost all of them, in one way or the other, whether it's in the REIT, in, in, a, in a deal, or wherever it happens to be. The very first how one, many, How many kids? How many? 12 well, I know, but... Yeah, we have, we have, we have 12, 12 kids between the two of us, uh, 15 grandchildren and one great-grandchild coming. So See, Patricia, are there are people that exist in the planet that have more children than you. We will be available to sell them in the hallway after. No, just kidding. Um, well, they're, they're income earners. What's the return? Like, <laughs> no, no, we're keeping those. We might buy some. Um, so one of the first ones we did was the 20% deal, where Dutch had come on, and we were really getting used to this. And I think this was back in 2018, if I remember correctly. So we had just started with you at that point. And you had us into something else at the time. But then you would talk to Alan Pan, and you knew that you needed to make some changes so you can get the construction work done. And you were offering this special deal of 20% return in six months. That's 40% annualized. That's unbelievable, guys, okay? But we were in one thing, and Dutch took well, us Let me just explain that for a sec. So, okay. <laughs> so that seems ridiculous, right? It seems like a ridiculous return. It almost <laughs> seems un impossible. But here's the thing is, when you have a $400,000 property, and the rehab is $80,000, and so you go and borrow the $80,000 to do the rehab, 40, I mean, 20% of that 80,000 is only 16 grand. So for me to be able to complete an entire 400, now $80,000 project for $16,000, right? Well, I'm gonna make that up on rents or I'm gonna make that up on the sell incredibly fast. And so it was just a breakthrough that Alan, who's also an inner circle member, and I had a deep conversation because Back in, well, gosh, that was 2017, 16? No, well, no, it was 18 when we did the deal. 18. On that one, yeah. So maybe it one. was 2017 going, and then, so we were talking about, you know, we had about 60 properties that were unrehabbed. And, and so we realized that we wanted to accelerate the pace of our rehabbing, and, and so we, we did this hard money loan thing with our inner circle members, and it was just really kind of a gifted idea from him, but for us, it just accelerated everything. Um, both for our investment funds, because those weren't all inner circle deals by any means. But so a lot of those were our own deals, and then a chunk of them were inner circle deals. But we were able to accelerate the rehabbing of, of properties. And because this was before we had rehab loans and before our banks paid for our rehabs and the things like they do today. And so it was just a huge acceleration, acceleration for us. I just wanted to make sure people understood the math so that people didn't start to get scared. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. 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 But, but it's, I mean, crazy though, 480, 16,000, you know, I don't know if somebody can do the math for me in here, but you know, you divide it by four. And so what's that, you know, I don't know. I can't do it right now. Normally I can do that stuff in my head, but 
But it's, it's, it's less than a few percentage points. It is. And, and I think the thing about it is, if you think about it a little bit, it's a sort of thinking outside of the box. Needed to get something done, found a way to make it happen, found a way to make the inner circle members get paid something for it too. For us, it was great. Now, I, personally, I was not in on that deal. It was everybody else in the family but me. But that got them into doing other deals. They took that first deal, they did it, they found out they made some money, now they're doing other deals as time goes on. So I just wanted to share that one. Is, is it, it's important, do your first deal. I don't care if it's the $15,000 one, I don't care if it's gonna be maybe some hard money loans coming up, do your first deal. You paid money to get into the inner circle, now make it work for you. You gotta take that step and make it happen. One other one, quick one I wanna talk about is referrals. Um, I've been lucky, I've had a few referrals. I've done very well with it so far. You got that little co black card. That to me is a fantastic way to talk to people about it and not scare them. Just let them go ahead and scan it and let them figure it out for themselves. Let, yes, let them do the work. That's gonna be a great way to get them started at looking at this. Not all of them are gonna do it, but the ones that do start are gonna continue to do it because they're gonna see the returns that they're gonna get. So that's my story for you. And I'd say some of Jeff's referrals he exposed maybe even a year before, you know, they became a part of the family. And you'll meet some of them that are part of the inner circle. I mean, Alberto has a, he's, I know he had to take off for a flight, but he has what I call an inner circle tree. Um, it's like a coaching tree you see, like with professional sports. Jeff has a has an inner circle tree, you know, that, that's, that's branching out from him. And then, and, and so, I, I mean, that's always just kind of a cool thing. So go ahead, Mr. Vanny. Hi, my name's Mark. And, uh, I got involved in the inner circle back in 2017 at one of the educational uh, courses that you had. Um, I brought my daughter, trying to get her involved, because I've been in real estate for probably 35 years in California. And in probably at that time, I was starting to look at other alternatives because California was just starting to get too expensive. And uh, I didn't know any other areas to go to. And when I got into your program, it was, oh, I got I got someone that has foundations place you know you had all the workers you had all the all the what do you call it the uh team, team at these different places where you could buy properties and make money so it was it was very 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 interesting to me but of course i was very skeptical so i got and your brother was too my sister my daughter was very skeptical <laughs> but you brought your brother to one well, of the I events got my brother yeah. too yeah and uh they're all skeptical they all told me i was crazy and uh, so that's why I just joined the lean, lean On Me. Then I went to another one of the educational uh, classes, and uh, that's when Kenny talked me into becoming an Inner Circle member. And uh, looking back, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. From that point on, we just started investing in just about everything that you, you know, gave us, and we've done well in everything. I mean, the first, the first JV that we had didn't go well. That was the Hidden Shores. And, uh, mm -hmm. but you bought us out of that, you took care of us on that, that was, it was a great experience. So, uh, you know, I know people have doubts, and you probably all had the same doubts that I had, but uh, trust me, I believe in this company, and, and they're doing great work. Well, very cool. Now I want, you'll give them all a round of applause, it's great, right? It's, it's fascinating, you know, over the years to, to hear the evolution of, you know, how we do deals today. I forgot we did HOA foreclosures at one point, right? <laughs> um, I mean, we still own some HOA foreclosures today, but we haven't 
you know, actively bought an HOA foreclosure in a few years. Um, but I think the Houston auctions are going to open back up and we'll probably buy some more HOA foreclosures. But uh, go ahead, Felipe, fire away. I just have a, I just have a question. So I, I might be on some of the deals already, but um, I want to ask them that they have the experience and all that. I might, it might be some over here that we're brand new and everything, right? And I have heard some like, so how you decide how to go in the first deal, I'm talking about JBs. So uh, anybody, right, there is an open question pretty much. How do they choose this deal to go over it so that way you decide, you know what, I'm just going to jump on this deal, and that's it pretty much. That's pretty much whoever wants to answer that, so that's, that's fine. That's fine. Well, Thank you. Let me jump in real quick. First, you need to evaluate, are you looking for cash or equity? You know, do you need cash flow, or do you want equity on your book? And that, that for us is the first question we ask. So now I'm going to pass it on. <laughs> so good question, Felipe. So I do a couple different things. I don't know if you saw me, so I always have my computer in front of me. And I actually have a template, an Excel template, where I can analyze the deals from the PowerPoint presentation pretty quickly. And so what I'll do is I'll take the address, I'll take the buy-in, I'll take the ARV, and then also take the time frame, and I'll plug it into my Excel spreadsheet. And I'll say, okay, so if my investment is this, and the potential profit is this, minus half, whatever that is. You know, it's going to be a, an easy number to figure out. I'm going to figure out my ROI, whatever that is. And then I'm going to figure out months. So if it's a three-year flip, okay, 36 months. Just give me an idea. It's, it's not going to be an exact science. But if it's an 18-month flip or it's a nine-month flip, right, what I really want to do, and I learned this from, from Dutch, is, is to cycle the money. So if I can do a smaller deal, cycle that, get it back in nine months, and put it into another one, cycle that in nine, 10, 12 months, do it again. Sure, I might do that instead of a three-year flip. Now, some of the, the bigger numbers on the three-year flip. So I do a combination of both. Now, I'm in the point of my life where I'm still working. I'm still trying to generate some, some big money, right? And then when I, maybe in 10 years, I'm going to look for cash flow. So then I'll be evaluating, you know, rentals, buy and holds. My first goal when I was a real estate agent was actually to accumulate 100 units producing $1,000 a month, you know, in, in income each. And that, that was uneducated at the time. Now I really want like 1,000 units making $100 each, right? Then I don't have to work. Then I'm unemployable. So it's up to you. What are your goals? You know, talk to the team about your goals because your criteria is going to be different than mine. Does that answer your question? And that, that's a really good question. And, and I do have inner circle members that, you know, want specific. Susan Torres or, or uh, Steve West are great examples where they came to me and they were like dealing with different things in their life. And they're like, Dutch, I just need more monthly income. Um, I think Bill Durkin came to me, too, at one point, and he was like, I just need monthly income. I don't care about, you know, the, the, the bigger checks or those kind of things. So how do we restructure our deals and restructure how we're doing it? Because if you're doing a deal with max leverage, obviously that's not a cash flow deal. But if we go ahead and decide, hey, here's a, a lower percentage of leverage, right, on an asset, which still you're going to get good appreciation and good return on that, that's really good. But if we lower the amount of leverage, now we can increase our cash flow on specific deals. And so for those specific inner circle members, we kind of adjusted their their approach to how we were doing deals and made it more of a, a cash flow based approach. Cause I know a lot of you, you know, you want chunks, especially when you're brand new, you want that first that first chunk. It's it's always always important. Um, other questions from from everyone. You know when you sit in the back, the teacher always wonders what you're doing. Um, I have two questions. Uh, how do you consider tax consequences on, uh, if you were to do multiple deals in a year, 
And second question is, has anybody done an exchange? So you do one deal, proceeds go to the next deal to the exchange. So Jeff, my, well, there's a few people up there that are qualified to answer this. So one of the things that we do at the end of the year, all we provide you with is a P&L, right? When you're doing deals with us, so you do all of your own reporting because you might have other things that factor into your reporting and those kind of things. Um, it's very common for us to roll someone out of one deal directly into another deal. Now, Eric and Alberto are great examples, and I know Alberto's not up here, he had to go, but they're great examples that every single time they do a deal, they want the cash out and the cash back in, and that's great. And then we have other inner circle members who roll from deal to deal, and that's fine with us too. It doesn't matter to us. It's your money, however you want to do it. You do your own reporting of your own taxes and, and how you handle those things. And so, but you know, Jeff, maybe you can dive deeper into that or maybe you don't want to, or Robin can. She's like, he does tax. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I, I, so does my, most of my money, just 11, most of my money is in a Roth IRA. And this is how I'm really going to build that wealth in the long run, because that's all gonna come out tax free. So that's where I think it's most important to go down those roads. Look at, go to your tax person. To we interrupt this broadcast to remind you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Rad Podcast. Talk to them. Hey, if I have to convert some of this money from a regular IRA to a Roth IRA, depending what tax bracket you're in, what deductions you have, Try to make it happen if you can and get it into the Roth aspect is what I would suggest. And again, I'm no tax expert by any means, but that's how you're gonna make your money really grow and come out better in the long run. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've got great depreciation on my, prop, my other properties outside of this, so I don't, IRS isn't here, right? No. I don't pay any taxes overall. Uh, eventually it'll catch up with me, but just, just talk to a tax attorney or talk to a, a CPA. Find out what's the best way to get that money into the, into the non-taxable aspect of it overall. Um, yes, at the end of the year, it, it, it's all up to you to report it all. You know, So it's whatever you feel comfortable with. Well, I think the sure use of entities and the ability to have expenses run through entities is always obviously a very, use, very useful tool as you're going through the process. Um, just so you, uh, just, I don't know, because we haven't really talked about this. We, if you have a 1031 and you're an inner circle member, we'll do everything in our power to make sure that your exchange is clean and, and that you're having a, a just transaction and a just deal uh, through the process. And so, you know, we've had a good experience with that. And, you know, as well, you know, the Opportunity Zone, obviously, if you were gonna do a 1031, is an alternative choice on, on how, to, how to do things. So the, the, that's, a, that's a just another way to look at it. Let me speak to that one real quick too because I am gonna sell a property as long as the deal goes through and it is gonna go into the opportunity zone. You look at that aspect that's out there, that possibility, let's say it's $100,000 that you can put into the opportunity zone. Even on an easy 15% return each year, in 10 years you're gonna have almost $500,000. Now multiply that up if you've got a million dollar property that you're gonna be able to, or put the million dollars into the opportunity zone, now you're gonna have $5 million in 10 years, tax-free. It's a huge advantage for us as investors to look at things like that. I'm glad you guys got it going. I'm glad Ted talked to you about it <laughs> to make it happen. It, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and you look at the word rad diversified. Look at it now. It was homes at one point. Look at the things that they're getting into now. The crypto aspect of it. The opportunity zone. 
uh, other opportunities that may come in the, in the future, the REIT that's out there, you can do the homes, all these different ways and different avenues to make money. This is exactly where we want to be. As investors, this is how we're going to make our money. It's in different ways and different forms. Thank you, Dutch, for bringing these different ways to us so that we can make this happen. It's really going to make us great overall. Can I get my money now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tries to precede getting the deals before the rest of you all the time. You should see him. Good. Anyone else? I got some people. Go ahead. You say, and then I'll take All right. Test. All right, let me tell you something here. This is our first deal we got with, with Dutch. Um, what, Chrissy was working, and she, uh, after she quit or whatever happened, and uh, we were doing other things, and immediately, uh, not immediately, but, you know, a couple months later or something, Dutch came back to us, or to Chrissy, and, and he needed some money. I didn't know Dutch yet. I sort of knew him, but didn't know him, and... Uh, he says, I need 70 grand right away. Can you get up 70 grand? If, if you give me 70 grand, I'll give you 84. I'll give you um, 84 back and, you know, get it back in six months. He says, if I don't, what I wanted to tell you before this story started was this. I invested $70,000 with Dutch right now, and I'm not done with it yet. I already made $35,000 off it out of a $70,000 investment. Now, how, how could that be? Well, he's he's paying me like what eight forty a month, so it's been three years, and he didn't want the money back yet. <laughs> so he keeps paying me, keeps paying me. So we're up to almost thirty thousand on a seventy thousand dollar investment. Not too bad, huh? Yeah. How's that? How's that for? How's that for convincing someone? Of course, now that he knows, he probably forgot about it. He's going to call me tomorrow and say, okay, we're done. I'll give you the money back. This question is for Robin and Jeff. Um, you said that you got your children involved. I brought my, we brought our 17-year-old with us, so that was our very first step, and he's asked all the right questions. But moving forward, like, what does it look like to get your children involved as you were just proceeding with your own journey? Our children range, well, we have the children then even the grandchildren, and I'll even tell you a little, quick little story about the, the grandchild, but um, most of the kids had some money, whether or not they sold a house, whether or not uh, they're entrepreneurs themselves and they had money and, and whatever. So that very first deal that he was talking about, there was myself, two of his daughters and two of my daughters that got into that deal. So there was five of us all together that uh, made that happen. And then once that got uh, paid out, then we split off into our own and, and then the kids ha got to decide what they wanted to do. Fortunately, our kids are pretty savvy and they wanna do something now. So if, if your son or daughter, son, is asking those right questions and whatnot, then, then go for it. Put a little something in for him. Let him watch it, you know. My grandson, um, just recently, I said this real quick to Dutch, he came up to me last month, and he goes, Grandma, you owe me my birthday money. I said, yeah, I do. He goes, you owe me $200. And I said, you're right, I do. 
And he said, well, I want it. And I'm like, what are you going to do with it? Well, I don't know. I'm, I, I want, at first, they wanted to go buy some Xbox thing or something like that. you know. And I said, let me show you something, Caleb. So I took out a piece of paper, and I said, OK, we're going to take this $200, and let's just say we're going to make 10% off of that. So now you're going to have this at the end of the year. But you're going to keep that in. Now you have this, you know. And I, I just took it out, you know, a few years and whatnot. And he goes, oh. And I said, would you like me to invest the money for you? And he goes, yes, Grandma, invest the money for me. Two days, well, right before we came out here, um, the grandkids were doing a um, challenge. They were challenging each other. Do you know what the bet was? Caleb's investment. If, if Addison won, then she got Caleb's investment. So this is what, you know. And then our other, um, one of our other daughters, Sheena, that, that Felipe knew, and well, she's part of the inner circle as well. Um, you know, they're teaching their kids, you know. So it's important. I didn't start investing. Um, my ex-husband and I, he... He had a whole other thought about money. Um, and we lived a great life. We did a lot of things. We had a lot of fun, saw all kinds of fun stuff. But when we got divorced, I got all the businesses and got the house and all of that. But I had zero retirement. And now I'm doing much better. My, I've actually doubled my money with this company um, in three years, about three years. You know, what, what I initially invested <clears throat> back then. Um, and we're, you know, we're both invested in all, all different aspects of it or whatnot. But, yeah, with the kids, just, you know, explain to them, you know, what it is. And, and if they have a desire to do it, don't pass that one up. Do it. And whatever you have to do to, you know, to get them the money to do it, there's all kinds of different avenues and whatnot to do that, so... One of the things Patricia said to me the other day, her daughter, uh, Dara, is doing an internship with us. Dara's 18, right? Yeah, she's 18. One of the things she said is, you know, one of the things I realized is that, like, Brad has got to get out to people, and we haven't gotten it out to people yet. She goes, they have to learn that, like, like investing's not for the old. Investing's for the young, because if the young invest, the, the compounding effect of it is, you know, we call it the eighth wonder of the world. You know, the compounding effect of, of it is, is, is crazy. And so, you know, I would say, you know, get him his, his, his IRA, um, get that set up, and get him, get him going with it now at, eight, at, 18, at 18 years old. My son has a question. Are these all your investors? <laughs> yes, they're all a part of the community. Yes, they are. He kept asking people, strangers last night, are they part of the community? <laughs> Tony, you want to ask a question? What do you do with investments? Well, what do I do with investments? You know the answer to that. What's the answer? Don't tell him. What do you do with the investments? What do we do? You get to make more money. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good answer. He buys houses. There you go. That's my boys. We got, we'll take one more question before we wrap up for the day. Go ahead. So I have a taxation question. It might be for all of you guys, including Dutch. Um, so let's say if a property, so you got, a, the, uh, got into a property at the end of the year. 
um, and let's say the company's been sitting on the property for a few months before that. As far as the taxation is concerned, how do you allocate that? Do you just go 50-50 right off the bat from the P&Ls that, that yeah. is provided? Okay. Mm -hmm. We do. And you'll get, you'll get P&Ls, and most of your properties in the beginning are always going to be a reported loss in the beginning. And, and the reason is, is because even if the property is worth more than what we bought it for, because the money is going into a capital expenditure and improvements during that period of time, the property is being improved, rehab, fixed, you know, those expenses, you know, are, are write-offs. And every expense in the rehab is a write-off. So like a lot of you, maybe from a taxation, let me, let me just do the, the disclosures. I'm not a tax professional. I can't give tax advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a lawyer. I can't give legal advice. I can't talk about what's going to happen in the future because no one can actually predict the future. But what I can say in my experience, right, is that if you're paying attention, when we go and leverage our properties and we're using leverage to pay for our rehabs, those are still expenses on the properties. And in my experience of my life, when I refinance a property, I don't have to pay taxes on the money I pull out of my refinance. And so if you're paying attention here, by being an inner circle member, when you're paying attention to your individual deals, the best thing that sometimes you can do, and this is always my philosophy that I express to my inner circle members, but not all of you are quite always ready to hear it in the beginning, is I never sell anything hardly ever because I love my expenses. I love my depreciation. I love the fact that, you know, I run a real estate business and there's a lot of costs and a lot of expenses with the real estate business. So one of the reasons I love running an equity-based REIT because I can go put a half million dollars into our farms and increase the value by two, three, four million dollars of that farm because I'm increasing the income on that farm by hundreds of thousands of dollars and now this all is working towards you. It's all about how long can you keep your money working towards you. I do, as an American, believe in paying taxes and I do believe in supporting our country, but I also believe that private enterprise creates great things in our country and, and a lot of really amazing things in our country and I think when things get too big and I think when there's too few businesses, monopolies, right, in an industry, I think that industry starts to suck. And, and, and it starts to suck the life out of you. I.e., you know, cell phones aren't built in America because there's really only two cell phones that exist in America that are worth anything. And so these are just the kind of things we, we, we experience. So let's give the panel a huge round of applause. Thank you, guys. Feel free to come on down. And where is my partner? Where is she at? Let's get Amy in here so we can say good night and goodbye. Maria has brought you guys an amazing, incredible gift. Um, where are my sons? I'd like them to come up here with me and say hi to me as we say good night and goodbye to everybody. And then my beautiful, sexy wife takes off her jacket, and I just had to say that. And come on, come on over here. And as soon as Amy's here, we will be saying good night and goodbye. Hi, buddy. You want the microphone for a second? I know everybody wants to hear you on the microphone for a second. Go ahead. Uh, good night, everyone. Tell me name. My name is Tony Dutchman and what you like to do? I like I like to play games. There you go. There you go. Go ahead, Micah. Say hi to everybody. Tell us, introduce yourself. Hi. You don't need to eat it. Hi. Tell me your name. My name is Micah. Micah Gable. What's your favorite song? Micah Gable Mendenhall. And I like to play basketball. 
in baseball. Good night. Thank you for being here. Do you want to say anything, partner? Just go out and do it. Go out and do it. Eat great food with Maria. And what a pleasure to spend the last three days with you, everyone. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. We're going to give the queen. Can you be nice real quick? Be nice, please, just for two seconds. Now, you guys, it was absolutely wonderful seeing you guys. I'm glad a lot of the new students came. Um, I know a lot of you had a lot of fear. Um, just talking with you on the phone, and I'm really glad to see your spouses that have came, and they're now supporting you and working with you. Um, and I hope after this weekend you really realize who we are, um, what we're willing to do for you. We're not going anywhere. The sky's the limit with us. Um, and I'm really excited to see where you guys go with this. So hopefully you've had the opportunity while you're here to talk to, with some of our students that have been here a long time um, and have been through the journey with us so you really realize where you're at now because you newbies coming in. I mean, you really have it made because the systems are in place and everything's moving. The guys that have been with us a long time, they know it was a long, long journey and a lot of heartache, a lot of tears, a lot of blood, a lot of sweat. So, you know, you're in a great opportunity and I'm glad you guys are part of our family. And it was absolutely wonderful meeting all of you and I'm looking forward to many more times like this with you. Thank you for listening to The Rad Podcast, an exploration of wealth. For more information, please visit our website, www dot raddiversified.com we'd love to hear from you please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing